Arizona basketball has a massive showdown against Michigan State. And if the Wildcats win that one, I think it's really hard to make the case that they are not the number one team in the country. When the polling comes out, what needs to happen for all of that? You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, now, Arizona, Michigan State. Now, let's rehash a little bit as to how we got here first. Arizona has uh, checked off every single box to the point where I think a lot of people, national pundits as well, believe that Arizona is the best basketball team in the country. Those people would be correct. Um, against, obviously, against Duke. Arizona showed that they were a little bit tougher, a little bit more athletic, just a little bit better across the board. It's kind of the way it is. Um, and I think a lot of it, too, is because of the roster overhaul that Tommy Lloyd is employed. I mean, look at the players that have come back. Kylan Boswell has made that next level jump to where he's a point guard now. And I was talking about this on the phone the other day that he can he can uh, shoot. He can shoot the three. He's got the little James Harden step back. He can get into the lane. He can do a lot of different things. Um, and again, a lot of that's natural progression, just getting older, but a lot of it's also improvement as well. Kylan Boswell looks very, very good right now. Also, um, uh, excuse me, uh, Umar Ballo. Umar Ballo, leader of men, Umar Ballo. Nice shout out, Matt Muehlbach, by the way, on that one. Um, Umar Ballo, um, I think it's kind of who he is, and that's not a bad thing. But you know that he's going to be about 12 and 6, 12 and 7, something like that. He's kind of a heavy-footed dude, so hes I don't know that he's necessarily going to get much better than he is right now, and that is certainly not an insult. That is certainly not a diss because, again, Umar Ballo, leader of men, is um, he's a lot better than I ever thought he was going to be. So that's a, uh, that's a big aspect to it. And then, excuse me, Pella Larson. Pella Larson has made a massive leap this year. Not only has Pella Larson made a massive leap, he is uh, he has just become a total difference maker. Now, again, Pella in the past was able to do some really good things, no doubt about it. Pella was able to um, Pella was able to uh, um, you know make some play or uh, play some pretty good defense, make some plays off the bounce. Um, but what Pella has been able to do now is become a player that draws fouls for uh, the draws fouls for the uh, the opposing uh, for at U of A. I think the stat was that he's got something like fourteen drawn fouls, something like that. Obviously, he's doing our sixteen drawn fouls. I believe he's doing a really really good job of that, and he has become a lockdown defender. Not that he wasn't already a really really good defender, but he has become an absolute lockdown defender. And if you remember last year, Tommy Lloyd talked about how he needed. He thought that Pella had the capabilities of becoming a really really good, a really good defensive uh, basketball player. Um, and he thought, and he told me this, he said, I think, <laughs> look at that, told me this. He said, I think that Pella Larson could be a defensive player of the year in the conference type candidate. Now, that didn't exactly happen last year, but this year, I think he's squarely in that discussion because what he can do is he can bring, 
he can bring uh, a certain amount of athleticism a uh, that you that Arizona just doesn't necessarily have. Um, he can, uh, he's like I said, he's a pretty athletic guy to begin with. Not only is he a pretty athletic guy to begin with, he's also got very, very good instincts. He's got next level instincts, which is something that as a defensive player, you either have, or you don't. And he's certainly got those and you factor in that he's a big dude. He's, uh, and he just kind of, he kind of fits in perfectly to be honest with you. And then, so those three guys have been absolutely amazing. Um, and then you look at the newcomers and how, and there's a method to why we're breaking this down, but then you look at the newcomers and they have all fit a role. Last year, Arizona was just not a tough team. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I'm not breaking any news to any of you out there. Arizona was just not a tough basketball team, but what Arizona is now is they are a tough basketball team. And a big reason why for that is Keisha Johnson. Keisha Johnson is the epitome of you need to watch a player um, to really be able to know what their total impact is. And not only do you need to know what their total impact is, uh, with Keisha Johnson, you know 1,000% that he is uh, he's going to hold people accountable, and he doesn't need to sh- he doesn't need the ball to be able he doesn't need the ball to score 25, 28 uh, you know points per game. He's going to get his pat he's going to get his shots by running the court, finishing around the hoop, and oh yeah, shooting some threes. But he has instilled a toughness around this squad that it just didn't have last year. And I think you could say the same about Caleb Love. Caleb Love is Caleb Love is the player who is I think it's fair to say at this stage in the game um you're going to get some good Caleb Love or you're going to get a lot of good Caleb Love and you're going to get some bad Caleb Love as well. Just kind of the way it is, got to live with it. But what I mean by that uh with the some good Caleb Love, some bad Caleb Love is that he is uh he's the dude that he can get to the basket um, I would love, and Ryan Hansen made this point, I'd love to see him continue to work on those three layers of scoring, three layers of uh, sh- uh, shooting, because if he can do that, then I think it becomes very, very interesting what he can do. But so far, so good. And what I love about him, and he showed it against Duke, again, toughness, we're going to keep coming back to that. He showed this against Duke as well, that when he gets into the lane, or when he when the game's on the line, he wants all those free throws against in Cameron. When Arizona needed to be able to salt the game away, he took uh, he took uh, uh, Arizona, he took Arizona and he put him on his back. Those free throws, he would have made thirty straight. You could have just told he told he wanted all of those. And defensively, he's also brought in brought a little bit of an edge that last year's squad just didn't have. Last year's squad again had some rare, very good aspects to it but you didn't have guards that really embraced the defensive grind. These guys embrace the defensive grind. And not only do they embrace the defensive grind, um, they, again, they're just so much more dynamic, so much more athletic. And obviously that is certainly a big tip of the cap to those two dudes right there. Now, the other guys, Arizona's also got a couple other guys coming off the bench, which reminds me a little bit of a 2003 with some really dynamic newcomers that uh, are kind of a total wild card. We're going to talk about that, but first, prize picks. All right, use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for your first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com backslash LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. You will thank me later. Again, you got a little bit of an idea on who might score a 
who might score a few more points than maybe is predicted. Prizepicks.com backslash locked on college has you covered, my friends. Check them out again. It's a lot of fun. Everybody's in on it. Join Prize Picks. Thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, when it comes to the toughness factor, and again, we're going to keep bringing up toughness because you got Michigan State coming up. Um, the three dudes coming off the bench for Arizona are all difference makers. Uh, they're all different, but they're all difference makers. Um, first, let's talk about Mo Crevis. Mo Crevis is going to be an absolute monster at the University of Arizona by the time he's done. And not only is it going to he going to be an absolute monster, he already is. Um he can just do things that big men around here. I honestly, I can't. He's like a really, a really advanced, better deuce on wristage in that he can score from both sides. The game just comes naturally to him. You can tell as a big man, he is incredibly impressive and he's been incredibly impressive for Arizona. Um, what he's able to do is, like I said, he gets his back to the basket and he's most likely going to score that ball. Um, plus he's got a nice little shot as well that he's developing. When you can bring somebody that's seven foot two, 260 pounds off the bench, it's pretty impressive stuff. Um, and who can actually score and play then talking about toughness, KJ Lewis comes in six, five, two, 10. This is again, this was a recruiting Missy Val by our friends. This should have been a five-star guard. Um, he comes in, he is, uh, he's long and he's athletic on the wing and he can get you a lot of rebounds. He's had games this year where he's had nine rebounds in 16 minutes. I mean, you know, that's, uh, he, he is, uh, I believe he's a two-year player. I believe next year he's going to be an all American type and then he's going to be off to the NBA, but again, toughness and Jaden Bradley, very happy for Jaden. Jaden played very well against, uh, Jaden played very, very well against Michigan, or excuse me, uh, his last game, probably his breakout performance. He's too good of a player not to uh, have those type of games. Um, and again, bring some toughness as well. All right. We talk about all this toughness. We break down all this toughness because you got Michigan State coming up. Okay. Now, everybody knows about Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is one of the 10 to 15 best coaches that's ever walked a college basketball sideline. He is a... Uh, you know, it's not necessarily an aesthetically pleasing style, but you look at him and again, eight final fours. Um, last time Arizona played him in the NCAA tournament, though, remember that was 2001 and um, that was 2001 and he uh, um, he. Uh, they got destroyed. That was uh, Gilbert Arenas got hurt in that game, which ended up hurting Arizona in the national title. But, you know, you get the point. Since then, though, he's made like 9,000 Final Fours. But it does feel like Michigan State's fallen off a little bit. And again, fallen off is a relative term because they're still a top 25 program, but they no longer feel like they're a top five to six to seven program year in and year out. And a big reason why, and again, it's one game, I get it. But a big reason why is if you watch the James Madison game, and again, uh, some of the recent years, there's just not a lot of dynamic scoring that comes out of Michigan State. And I think that in order to beat Arizona, you got to have one. Oh, you got to have one of two things. And I don't think Michigan State really has either. Um, you, I think you got to have a dynamic scoring punch that can keep pace with Arizona, or you have to have a uh, a dude who, um or a team that is just super long and athletic. That's why I think Alabama is going to be interesting. We're going to, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but 
Um, Michigan State doesn't really have any of those. So I don't know. And again, could be wrong. Wrong all the time, obviously. But um, I don't know that you can beat Arizona if you're trying to play a game in the 50s or the low 60s. Because I think Arizona's just got too much firepower. And the problem is, too, for Michigan State is that Arizona is just big. Arizona can go big. They can go small. They can go any way you want. Arizona, obviously, you have Umar Ballo, leader of men, and Keyshawn Johnson at six foot ten or at six eleven and six seven, but Keyshawn plays more like and is built more like he's about six nine. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But both those guys, I think, kind of negate any toughness advantage that Michigan State would have. And from a scoring perspective, I just don't see Michigan State being able to keep up with Arizona. Maybe they can. I don't know. Again. But this is not the last four or five years have not been vintage Tom Izzo teams. And I don't really see that. uh, I don't really see that changing uh, this year. Again, if I'm wrong, wrong, live with it. Um, Now, with Arizona, uh, I think this really comes down to everybody just got to play their role. I know that sounds cliche, but it's true. Sometimes cliches are true. Need a big game out of Kylan Boswell. Again, he's kind of the tip of the spear. What I also love about what Arizona has been able to do is Arizona now with their defense and their toughness, they've been able to extend pressure out. And when you can extend pressure out, that helps you a great, that helps you a great deal. And um, it allows you to speed the game up. So if Kylan Boswell is, uh, if Kylan Boswell is stepping up and, um, Kylan Boswell is stepping up at midcourt and, uh, uh, you know, slapping the floor, getting everything ready. Um, it allows guys like a Caleb Love, like a Pella Larson, to be able to extend out as well and shoot some passing lanes. And I think that's exactly what they're going to be able to do. Very excited to see what Arizona is able to do in that realm because I think Arizona, um, I think Arizona matches up very favorably in that area. And plus the other thing, you've also got dudes on the back end that can protect the rim which allows Arizona to extend out Arizona last year. Remember you couldn't extend out with Kerr because Kerr was just going to get beat right up the middle. Courtney Ramey was sold as a defensive specialist. Not really that certainly not. I think what anybody was hoping or was expecting that he was going to be. Um, so obviously those are two things to keep in mind now with, uh, with Arizona though, uh, coming off the bench, you can also do the same thing like we just talked about. So there's a lot of mixing and matching. If Arizona needs to go small, you can always go with Ballo or uh, Keisha Johnson, probably Keisha Johnson a lot of the time. Pella Larson, uh, Caleb Love, uh, KJ Lewis, Kylan Boswell, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can go super big if you need to. I think at times you actually might see, and again, you haven't seen it yet, but I think there's actually times when you're probably going to see Crevis and Ballo out on the court together, um, which I think will be a, will be a fascinating. But anything Michigan State throws at Arizona, I don't think that Arizona is going to be worried about it because um, I think that at this stage in the game, uh, this this roster is loaded for bear. Not only is this lost, roster loaded for bear, pardon the pun, I just I think they match up well with absolutely any team in the country. Um, I don't think there's any team out there that they don't match up well with, and I think you're going to see that. Um, now, looking ahead a little bit, we're going to get the prediction on the other side. I'm very curious to see how Arizona matches up with Alabama. Again, this isn't last year's Alabama team, but I, I'm very curious about a team that has length and athleticism and how Arizona's bigs match up with that. That, to me, is fascinating. 
Um, Florida Atlantic, obviously, when you got the three guards, that to me is interesting as well. There's a lot of different aspects uh, to me that um, uh, that Alabama has that I don't think Michigan State has. Now, that being said, Michigan State is obviously a really, really good team still. This feels like a Michigan State team that'll probably be like a six or a seven seed going into the NCAA tournament. And unlike the other Big Ten teams, they generally outperform their seeding. Again, your daily reminder, Big Ten basketball stinks. It's a fraud. It's always been a fraud. And you're going to continue to hear the national media talk about how it's the best conference, this and that. They're going to get 19 teams into the NCAA tournament, and they will all uh, lose in the first weekend. That's always what happens. But Arizona, though, uh, let's, let's talk about the prediction, though, on the other side. But first, LinkedIn. All right, now. I'm not telling you anything you already don't know. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. Check it out, my friends. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college is where it is at. Um, everybody knows somebody that's got a job through LinkedIn. You probably know somebody. You might have gotten a job through LinkedIn. Um, I know people that have gotten jobs through LinkedIn. You might have hired somebody through LinkedIn. The reason that everybody uses LinkedIn is just like anything else in the world. It's because it works. If it works, guess what? It generally takes off. LinkedIn works. Everybody knows somebody that has it. And when you know, when everybody knows somebody that has been positively impacted by something, it's probably a good thing to hop on. So here's the deal. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. You will thank me later, my friends. You will thank me later. Thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day. I am your host, Mike Luke. And all right, now prediction time. I am going to, oh, drum roll, please. I'm going to go Arizona 76. Michigan State 62. Um, I think it's going to be close in the first half, and I think Arizona is going to go on a run that Michigan State uh, is not going to be able to keep up with. That's where that's where I'm kind of at with everything. I think that um, I think right now it's fair to say that uh, Michigan State just doesn't have the ponies for Arizona. Again, could be wrong, could certainly be wrong, but that's where I'm going. I think this is going to be a nice little victory for Arizona. And, and just a slight little preview, a slight little, because obviously this is, a, uh, obviously Arizona football is doing very, very well right now. So let's also talk about uh, Arizona football. Um, we need Oregon State to beat Oregon Friday. Fans, fam, we are all Oregon State fans. Go Beavers, because if Arizona beats Oregon, then Arizona, if they win, is in the Pac-12 championship game. Say it again. That's all we need to have happen. Arizona is in the Pac-12 championship game at this point. Um, and I, be I believe at that stage, it's really hard to make the case that Jed Fish is not the national coach of the year. So again, go Beavers. We're going to break that one down later in the week also. Slight little Arizona ASU preview. Um, listen, I know it's a rivalry game. We've uh, we've seen many times where the worst team, the significantly worst team, ends up somehow winning. Arizona, I don't believe, is going to lose this game. Um, Arizona, to me, is better across the board. Um, talked about it before. How many play are? Is there anybody on ASU's offense outside of Elijah Badger that would start at Arizona? And the answer is no. So if I if Arizona's got 10 better uh, starters on offense and on defense there's maybe two players for ASU that would start at Arizona 
That's three out of 22. Arizona should 1,000% win this game. I don't care if they're playing in Tempe. I don't care if they're playing on the moon. They should 1,000% win this game. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of where I'm at with everything. I do think that uh, I do think though that we all, like I said, we all need to be Beaver fans here. Um, and I think they got a legitimate chance. Listen, uh, Oregon's a very good team. Oregon also hasn't beaten anybody really that's good. Um, Oregon State, I think, has a very real chance in this game. Um, I think uh, Oregon State. I, I'm just going to say it. I think Oregon State's as good as anybody that Arizona's played all season. I think that, uh, obviously, I would love to get Arizona-Washington again because I think Arizona matches up very well with Washington. And in that second half with Noah Fafita, um, with Noah Fafita, uh, you know, having a little bit more sea legs, Arizona outscored him 21-10. to 10. I like uh, I like Arizona's chances against Washington if they play in that Pac-12 title game. I think it becomes very fascinating at that point. But first things first. We need Oregon State to beat Oregon. Um, Oregon State's a solid team. Obviously, you got uh, you got the quarterback. Um, you need DJ Uyagalele to play better. Didn't play very well last week. Need him to play better. And then uh, defensively, we're going to find out what they're all about because Bo Nix is putting up a lot of points. But again, they haven't beaten anybody really that's good. So, I mean, you look at the wins that Arizona has, and they are better than the wins that uh, – uh, Oregon has, I know that's weird to say, but again, this is a massive three day, uh, run here for Arizona with basketball Thursday, then Friday football, then Saturday football as well. And we will be here with you every step of the way, my friends, every step of the way. All right. On that note, I'm going to sign off today, but as always go wildcats back the a Arizona, Michigan state tomorrow, my friends, and then after that, we're all Beaver fans. And then Arizona, time to beat ASU. And let's get into that Pac-12 football championship game. On that note, we're signing off. Talk to you soon. I'm Mike Luke. Thanks for making Locked On Wildcats your first listen of the day.